I think of all the stories in the New Testament, I think that this one's probably my favorite. I know I say that a lot, but I mean it this time. There's so much, and it's, it's an option that every fifth Sunday of Lent, you could read this gospel. Usually the gospels change, but this one is the option is to read it every single fifth Sunday because it's so full of meaning. It's just packed full of meaning. I want you to think about this line and how you would answer it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he, what should follow there? It should say, I would think, he immediately got up, went to his best friend Lazarus and healed him. But it doesn't say that. You and I would do the same. And that's not all what Jesus does. Instead, the sentence reads this way. Now, because Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was. You've got to be joking. This is his closest friend outside of the 12 apostles. Jesus, or Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were like, his really close friends, whenever he went to Jerusalem, he stayed with them at Bethany, which is about two miles outside of Jerusalem. So why doesn't he go? Martha and Mary, who saw Jesus do tons of miracles, surely, surely, he would cure their brother. He opened the eyes of the blind. He fed 5,000. But he doesn't come. He doesn't respond. Four days later, he shows up. And I think we need to get into our hearts. Too often we think of Martha and Mary, you know, or the saints themselves as on these high pedestals. When Jesus shows up, Mary doesn't even go out to greet him. That's how mad she is. And Martha, when she comes out, she says what seemingly sounds like an act of faith, right? She says, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. I don't picture it that way at all. I think it's like an indictment to him. As if she's like pounding on his chest, weeping, saying, why didn't you come? If you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. Why did you leave us? How many of us can relate to that? I can. We ask the Lord, we plead with the Lord, but he doesn't come. Why? I think it's because in his own time, he wants to do things that are way beyond our little prayers. Martha and Mary wanted Jesus to do something pretty neat. They wanted him to cure their brother from an illness. Jesus, on the other hand, wanted to do the unthinkable. He wanted to raise a man from the dead. But in order to do that, in order to perform the greatest miracle of the New Testament for his close, intimate friends, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he had to let Lazarus die. It's kind of funny, actually. Lazarus is the only guy that ever died twice. You ever think about that? All of us only have to die once. He had to go through it twice. It's a miserable process, and he had to do it twice. And I even think about... Kind of putting myself in the picture. Imagine the table. Imagine supper that night. They're sitting around the table, Martha, Mary, Jesus, 
and Lazarus, who was dead. And now he's back at supper. You want to talk about an awkward family conversation? Seriously, it would have been bizarre. They're his closest friends, though, and he wants to do the greatest thing for them. But in order to do that, he has to allow a terrible thing to happen. A terrible thing. He had to abandon them. He had to make them think that he didn't care about them, that he wasn't coming, that he wasn't going to do anything, only to do the greatest miracle maybe in the Bible. And so comes the question from Jesus to Martha and Mary and to us. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Nothing is beyond me. Nothing is impossible for me. Do you believe that? Do you and I believe that? Because if we believe that, he can work. If we don't, we begin to grasp and make things happen, to take control. And when you and I do that, all we do is mess things up. As the psalmist says, if the Lord doesn't build, you build in vain. I think the Lord is inviting us today to go home and read this gospel and to do everything possible in our imagination to see Jesus standing at the tomb of a dead man. And not just a little bit dead. He was really dead. Four days dead. That's why he waited so it would be long enough. And to watch in our heads, to see this man standing before the tomb and says, come out, and to see a dead man come out. And then, and then, to look at your own heart, your own life, and see where are the tombs of your life. And what I mean by that is, where have you given up? Where have you said, you know what? This is just who I am. This is just how it's got to be. I think I shared with you one time, but my spiritual director, I did that in a retreat. And I was like, I just, this is just, you know, who I am. And she looked at me and she said, oh no, you don't believe in God. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you don't believe in God. If you believed in God, you would never say something like that. All things are possible for God. Do you believe that? These good, amen. Out of the words of children comes truth. But the tombs of our hearts, that could be anything, a broken relationship, a troubled marriage, a lost job, an addiction that maybe you're dealing with or a family member is, a child who's fallen away from the faith. It could be bitterness in your heart you have over something in the past. It could be a wound that somebody gave to you that you you never forgave. We all have them. We all have tombs. And Jesus stands in front of that tomb and he wants to raise it. It's what God does. He takes dead things and brings them to life. That's the Christian message. But you have to let him. The only thing that can stop the resurrection of any dead place in your life is you. Me. God can't heal what you won't let him heal. And maybe some of us, we have to pray, Jesus, just grant me the desire to desire to be healed. The desire to desire to forgive. 
Because I don't. I don't even have that desire. But I promise you, if you go all in, he will work. He did it 2,000 years ago, and he'll do it again. Because he's just as alive now as he was then. And what you and I need more than anything is unshakable confidence that God has our best good in mind. And even though it seems like he might not be coming, or he doesn't care, or he's not with us, that he is. That's how we grow in faith. That's what the whole Christian life is about. The difficulties are going to continue. It's not like when you get through a certain thing, it's all just going to be over. Storms keep coming. And what are you going to do in those storms? Are you going to go at it alone? Fight the current by yourself? Or are you going to go at it with unshakable trust in a father who loves you? Who wants your good? Who wants you more than anything else to surrender your whole life to him? Will we trust him in all things or not? He knows what he's doing. But do we really believe this? Did the Blessed Virgin Mary really believe that when she stood at the foot of the cross and every promise that God the Father had made to her was broken and she is abandoned by everybody, she stood there And still said, let it be done unto me according to your word. And out of that came life, came resurrection. That's what we all want. We just have to have the faith to believe it can happen. In this Eucharist today, ask for that type of faith. A faith that can move mountains. A faith that can raise dead things to life.